Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Eat, Pray, Sleep podcast. I'm your host, Shalene Carter, and I wanted to do an episode specific to spiritual awakenings and what that kind of means mostly because um, in light of what's going on in the world, there's a lot of buzz around the shifts and the changes that are happening on not just a physical level as far as, you know, staying home and and the way in which each country is handling it differently and, and things like that, but also in a space of what this represents and what this is for us as a a collective a consciousness a uh, a species really and a lot of people have been sharing with me feelings and experiences of becoming spiritually woke so to speak um and so many times I think people discredit their soul awakenings to because they're not you hear a lot about you know dark night of the soul and you hear a lot about how I I had to kind of fight my way from the darkness to to be here and and that's when I discovered who I was and I know for myself and for a lot of others it didn't really happen that way (laughs) And um, I've shared about this quite a bit, and it's why I'm such an advocate for meditation and things like that in general, is that in order for you to listen to your soul, your space and the space in which you find yourself in frequently has to be still and quiet enough to listen. Um, I think a lot of people experience spiritual awakenings and let me just preface kind of what a spiritual awakening is first before we talk about why a lot of times it's associated with um, going through a dark period in your life. Um, So a spiritual awakening is awakening to a level of consciousness and subtle energies that normally in your day-to-day life you were not aware of or were not perceptive to receive Um, some people speak of this as kind of a god consciousness Um, from my experience and from what i've spoke with about others it's 
more than anything else, the awakening that you are a part of something greater and you become more in tune with the subtlety in which we are all connected. And so you are able to perceive things outside of your five senses with more ease. Um, So this is where a lot of people... Um, all of a sudden are able to manifest into the, their things into their life very easily. This is um, where people feel more enlightened. This is, um, you know, like Gandhi, Mother Teresa, people like that, um, of that caliber, Martin Luther King, all spiritually awakened people. Um, theirs was on a very exposed and grandiose scale as far as observance by others. But basically it just means that you have become aware that there is more than just this physical life and you become more in tune with the way that those other experiences are always happening and you're able to be in tune and aware that they're happening and um, partake in them. So just so that you all kind of have a starting place as to where this explanation is kind of going and where this conversation is leading. Um, I think why a lot of times people associate the spiritual awakening and that moment of revolution within themselves with a dark night of the soul. Um, A lot of times you'll hear people speak about it like after, you know, they had lost everything, they were homeless, they were addicted to drugs, they were on their deathbed, they had overdosed, they had lost a child, they had lost a partner. Um, And then (laughs) when they could clearly had turned to all of the other physical um, ways in which we connect and and not getting the response that they needed to support life, they turn to other sources. So some people turn to religion and that fulfills them. Um, but there's still a level then at that point that is controlled by physical senses. There's still a level that is controlled by expectation of a group. Um, So a lot of times then it kind of expands from there. The the reason people experience this awakening in the darkest times of their lives is actually because most of the time we have been conditioned that when we feel something, especially if it's labeled as a bad feeling like anger, sadness, depression, anxiety, any of those things, um we have learned coping mechanisms to not allow ourselves to feel the full expression of those feelings. Um, A really great example is a woman that I have, we've worked together uh, in healing, um, is she knew she had needed to leave her marriage for long periods of time. And instead of feeling those feelings, expressing those feelings, and then with the freedom of agency, choosing to move forward, she actually spent years just filling up her life with, you know, trips, with uh, going to see friends. I mean, always doing something, volunteering for something, going somewhere. Um, Keeping busy was her way of numbing out feeling. 
For some people, they turn to alcohol. For some people, they turn to drugs or sex addictions, things like that, um, because it actually glazes over and numbs what your physical body is trying to tell you is happening. And because as a society, we've labeled certain feelings as right or wrong, we then feel bad for having those feelings or feel like we shouldn't feel them or they're uncomfortable, so we don't want to feel them. We we as, it's our nature to lean into what feels good and lean away from what feels bad. And so this woman, this went on for years and it wasn't until honestly she hit the lowest of of kind of lows that she began to be like, okay, I am choosing to stay. I'm actually choosing unhappiness because it's more familiar and comfortable. Um, it wasn't until she realized that she was numbing the feelings of unhappiness and loneliness with, you know, trips with friends and, you know, all this extra volunteer work on top of just regular work on top of kids activities on top of all of these things. And getting to that place of acknowledgement of, okay, if I continue to choose this, where is this leading me? It was leading to a lot of drinking it was leading to a lot of discord in her life. And um, there was a moment of stillness when she was like, okay, I can't continue to choose sorrow. I'm choosing to stay because I'm numbing out what actually needs to happen with other things. And so then she began to choose other things for her life. And slowly she's emerging out of this um, place in her life with a newfound sense of purpose. And um, I mean, it's it's a journey, but the the point that I'm trying to make is that a lot of people, because they're using things like busyness, things like alcoholism, things like drugs, things like relationships, you know, the people that bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship, it's actually because they're numbing out something that feels uncomfortable when they're not in a relationship. So in order for people to be aware of what they're not feeling. They have to stop doing what they are using as their numbing agent. So if you're continuing to lean into things that only feel good or that numb bad feelings, it a lot of times takes getting to a point where it's either you choose this and there is no return, your life is on a downward spiral and, and you have to almost choose and acknowledge that I want to continue down that path. I'd rather do that than see myself, than see my soul, than see who I really am. And a lot of times that happens, you know, when you run out of money for drugs. <laughs> 
when you've gotten a, a DUI from drinking too much and your children are being threatened that they're going to be taken away from you. Um, you know, when family ties are cut off and at one point you valued them so highly. There has to a lot of times be this reflective moment and ref- true reflection really happens when you think about it, when you reflect on your life, it's not when there's chaos. It's when there's quiet, calm, stillness. It allows your mind to be free to process in avenues that are not your norm because your norm is to numb. So I think this is why a lot of times, and and that's where the people that have radical shifts um, and large leaps in their awakening and in the way that they live, um, that happens. Usually there's a a big, people are like, wow, they are like a totally changed person. Um, Whereas others, I think because there's always been a small, um, a small lingering of awareness of that, their leaps are not quite as dramatic so to speak. Um, I know that's the case for me. And actually it's, it's the case for a few people that I've talked to. They almost feel like maybe I haven't, maybe I haven't like become as conscious and aware as I think that I have because I haven't had my quote unquote, like spiritual awakening. Like I haven't had my dark night of the soul where I've been crying on my bathroom floor. Okay. So I clearly I'm not there yet. And that is absolutely 100% like not true. Okay. It happens different for everyone because everyone's soul's assignment is different and you choose to incarnate into this life with this thread of already woven sequences, relationships, patterns, so that you can learn these specific things. So the trajectory of your life, you always have free agency and can always change that. But it's almost like when you're starting a game of chess, the pieces are already there. You're choosing how you get to the other side. So if you, like I personally was raised in a household that was very religious. Um, There was a belief system of heaven and hell. Um, I'm very thankful. I remember, and it's interesting because my mom didn't mention this a lot, but I very specifically remember her mentioning... um, a heavenly mother. If there was a heavenly father, you know, and a, and a God in order to create the woman is actually the one who gives birth and gives life. So if there is a heavenly father, there has to be a heavenly mother. And I honestly think she probably said it to me once, maybe twice, just in conversation. And cause it's not something that was taught in my upbringing, there was not really, there's never, in most um, Christian-based religions, there's not a heavenly mother mentioned. Um, And it always really stuck with me because it felt, I was like, 100%. Yes, women give birth. Without women, there would be no life. So it would make sense that there would have to be a female counterpart to the male godhead. Um, 
that was kind of how I was raised. And I was raised um, never being afraid of spirits or never to be afraid of when strange things kind of happen and lights flicker on and off and stuff like that. There was always a comforting, my, my mom always comforted in a way of like, no, it's okay. That's, you know, that's some type of sign or some type of protection or some type of, there was always a comforting that never made me feel scared. Um, so I think because that awareness of an energy outside of myself and an awareness of oneness with things that I cannot see and that there had to be something, other, other th- things happening in the cosmos that we are not privy to, um, because we experience life through this skin suit that <laughs> primarily uses five senses. But there were things that were unexplainable and that's just because our awareness is not tuned into those things. And that's just kind of how I had always been taught for the most part, not in any, not in all of those words or anything like that, but I just had always actually felt assured uh, when things like that would happen. Um, And so when I look back at my life, Um, I remember my first experience of being aware of something outside of myself, but speaking to me, um, and what was not my voice, it was not my thoughts, um, was right after I had my son and wasn't anything crazy. It just said, to heal like the no it said the ancestral pattern needs to stop here at that point I had noticed um, a lot of familiar similar patterns in my lineage and I was had become aware of it now I mean it's just like saying oh like you know, my, my dad's eyes are blue. My eyes are blue. His dad's eyes are blue. Like that's kind of like how I was observing it initially was just like, wow, that's curious, you know, but it was behavior patterns that I had noticed and it was, um, lifestyle patterns and things like that. And so at that point I was like, okay. And As someone who is not an advocate for, um, for artificial hormones or, or honestly like medications or anything like that, if they are not necessary, I, I've, I just haven't taken them. And I very vividly was told that I needed to get on birth control. Now I had tried after my daughter and I remember feeling terrible terrible. And I was like, what is happening to my body? I literally felt out. I I felt like I was not physically in my body. It was a very weird experience. So after my daughter, I, nope. And after my son, I was very clearly told in order to stop some of these ancestral patterns, you have to be on birth control. It has to end here. Um, 
And that was really the first time that I had become aware of something else that was guiding me that was not my own. This wasn't me thinking this. It wasn't me thinking I needed to go on birth control. Because honestly, if you ask me, that was not, that was not for me. But clearly something outside of myself knew that I needed it more than, than anything else. And so I did it. And honestly, when I look past, I was, my birthday is in a few months and it will be about 10 years since that experience. And, um, in the past 10 years, I have done, I've spent six of those years in very, um, very much the learning curve of my spiritual awakening, personally. My, it, it is, it's been a lot of observing patterns I don't want to continue, not understanding why they're there, how do I help, how do I heal, how do I do these things, and not being sure, and still perpetuating patterns, and um, and instead of sitting in silence, filling the space. So it's interesting, because I've, I've had a few others, a smaller ones that have awakened me to something greater and um strange things have have kind of what is considered mystical or strange or weird or woo woo or spiritual or all those things um have happened to me several times and they're very much a part of my story and they're except but i haven't like it hasn't stopped me dead in my tracks and done a complete 180. My life has been more of a slow, like a slow foundational. Like we are, we are not, uh, you know, building apartments in a day. We are building a slow mansion where you got a maybe even a pyramids, pyramids, you know, brick by brick. By, <laughs> it's just been very different for me. I've had small moments that have built upon one another. I've had um, experiences, and so. The past four years is actually when I've done more of the healing work. I had to do a lot of the small, the becoming aware. Um, because honestly, like I could have lived my life how it was 10 years ago. I could have continued to choose those patterns and I would have lived a life. I wouldn't have been happy, but I would have um, survived. I would have been fine. Um, but I would have never been happy. There would have been years of just abuse of my own self and things like that. And I want to make sure people understand that the term spiritual awareness or spiritual awakening really seems like kind of like the big bang happens to you. And I want you to know it is okay to give yourself permission that that is not everybody's story and that your story is beautiful and unique and exactly how yours should be. And it does not discredit your awareness, your level of consciousness, your level of awakening in your own life. The ways in which 
I, I have learned to heal myself and have learned to feel the most aware and conscious of who I am on a soul level are doing things like movement, uh, paying attention to what I eat, um, how it makes me feel, doing things like breath work, um, sacred, creating some type of sacredness within your life, taking time to be still, to meditate, to listen. Um, there are so many practices that you can find that work for you and things like that, but I continue to choose those moments even though, honestly, it brings an awareness of some things that I had numbed and shut down for a long time. I packed it up, I put it in a trunk, shoved it in the back of my subconscious, closed the door. There was like a lock with like 17 locks on it. Like I think of like, um, I think it, the Chamber of Secrets in Harry Potter where it had like these like 19 locks and there was like a snake that went around and like that's where I was keeping my shit okay um and it brings a level of awareness to things that I honestly had forgotten intentionally (laughs) your your body your brain does this really amazing thing of shoving shit in your subconscious that you don't have access to when you are conscious and awake to keep you safe. And so as you begin down your your journey of awakening, um, a lot of those things come back to the forefront. And they're not always pleasant because if they were pleasant, do you think you would shove them in the trunk in the back with the the Harry Potter lock of your subconscious? No, probably not. Okay. Um, But as it's like an onion, as you're kind of peeling back these layers of, of awareness, there's this deeper appreciation of who you are. I have a deeper appreciation for others, a deeper appreciation for this earth, for my work, for my, my, my purpose here in this life feels so different. And I don't want to discredit that because I didn't have a dark night of the soul on my bathroom floor crying because I was, you know, had no other choice but to rise up. For me, it was like watching, watching a baby learn to walk. It was like, okay, first we're going to, we're going to army crawl with our bellies and then we're going to get on all our knees and we're going to do a weird side shuffle for a little bit and then we're going to try and stand up and then we're going to fall down. We're going to fall down. We're going to fall down. (laughs) That's what mine looked like. And that is something that after speaking to so many people, that is actually probably equally as common as being, you know, down the darkest hole of your life in order for you to see the little smidget of light and go towards the light. There could have been a little bit of light and you maybe open, close, open, close, open, close. I I feel like right now I have so many like analogies to all of these things that I'm saying. Like there's a commercial she's sitting outside of, I think it's Best Buy and she's like, open, 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 open. It's several years old. So if that shows you my age, but here we are. Um, (laughs) But that is equally as powerful. 
It means you fought equally as hard because you're trying actively. You are moving in that direction even when old beliefs and patterns and things like that want to pull you back. You're continuing to fight. So even though you're taking two steps forward, one step back, you're still taking the two steps. So just because yours didn't look like from the womb to learning, knowing the foxtrot right away, you had to actually go through the steps of the crawling and the fall down, stand up, fall down, stand up, walk a little, walk a little, run a little, run a little, to get to that point is still equally as beautiful and equally as powerful of a story to share and equally as much to be something that is reveled at in amazement and just appreciated. I want you to look at your story. I want you to look at past versions of you right now. Thank those past versions. They have allowed you to step into who you are today. They've allowed you your big bang spiritual awakening. They've allowed your creepy crawly, slow and steady spiritual awakening. Your soul's path has been divinely guided and all of the lessons that you have learned along the way have been necessary for you to feel empowered and awakened to something greater than yourself. To feel the energy around you and the love. It may have taken you a different route than you thought you needed to take, but here we are. And that is so incredibly powerful, especially right now when people are having the time to sit. People right now are experiencing full spectrum of emotions that they had shoved down for a long time and kept themselves busy. They had kept themselves achieving. They had kept themselves creating. They had kept themselves by constantly pumping out, you know, kids or honestly like careers, projects, we're traveling, we're doing this, we're doing that, all to cover up what stillness and let what sitting with your soul actually feels like. And this opportunity that we have right now to stay at home is so powerful. And this is why I, I've honestly gotten so many inquiries right now about healing, stuff like that, because people are like, I have never felt such an emotional roller coaster, like the highest of highs. When they are saying like they are high on life, like they're like, I am so happy. My cup, my heart is bursting with how happy I am with my family, how grateful I am for this earth, how grateful, you know, they find all of these things that they're really, really grateful for one day. And then the next day they're like, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. I can't get out of bed. I'm, I'm short with all my family. I'm angry and blah, blah, blah. And to go from one extreme to another, normally when you start to feel some of those feelings that you don't like, that have been labeled bad, you would normally go to your numbing agent, which would be going out with friends or shopping or, you know, doing this, doing that, keeping busy. It would be finding things to keep yourself from feeling. And right now we're really being asked to sit with ourselves. It's because the earth is demanding a greater level of awareness and consciousness in order to evolve into the next level of beings. To be light leaders. 
to be able to tune into the frequencies of our bodies, of each other, of the earth, in order to create a new paradigm of living. Because clearly it wasn't working because we have more disease, we have more issues, we have more corruption, we have more consumption, we have more, you know, even look at our oceans and the way that our world, our earth was literally crumbling. And in a matter of 30 days, the amount, the amount of repairing it's done is astonishing. And we can do that as well as human beings. And that's what's being called for us, from us, is to actually sit, to get calm and quiet, to feel those uncomfortable feelings and be okay with that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being angry. It's only bad because you've labeled it as bad. Instead, look at why does it make me angry? What about it triggers me to that point? Is it because I haven't at some point felt seen, felt heard, or felt loved? Almost all issues that we struggle with relate back to that. And so right now, if we can sit in this stillness, this opportunity to not necessarily have to go through the dark night of the soul, but get the, the, the opportunity of stillness and silence to tune in to things outside of your physical being, tune into something greater to have that spiritual awakening without having to plummet that low is a really great gift and opportunity. And I want to encourage you guys to take these moments, to take this opportunity for a little bit more stillness, a little bit more silence, a little bit more connection to yourself, to something greater. I can attest that there is so much more beauty as you begin to become more aware, become more conscious and and woke. (laughs) I can't ever say that without there's always a shoulder shrug. You guys can't see it, but there's a shoulder shrug and, and usually like a eyebrow raise, like woke. You have to say it a very specific way. <laughs> Life should be fun. It should be joyful and blissful. You should feel abundant. It is your birthright. But some of getting to that point of rediscovering that means peeling back the things that aren't serving you. And the way that you do that is through sitting in silence, allowing yourself to raise your vibration, raise your consciousness, your awareness, peeling back the things that are no longer serving you. So I hope that for those of you who have never had your dark night of a soul, but still feel very spiritually awakened and very conscious, that this maybe gave you that little bit of that permission slip to feel that way and to feel enlightened and empowered in who you are as, as a soul that incarnated into this beautiful human body to experience life. I would love to know your greatest takeaways. I would love to, for you to share this episode if you feel so called to anyone that you feel like it could help or anyone that would love to have a listen. So if you could do that, share it, maybe leave a review on iTunes, share it on your Instagram stories, take a screenshot, let me know your biggest takeaway. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for you continuing to tune in and to listen and to listen to your soul. 
more than anything else. So cheers, guys. Have a great one.